0: Can you guys stand up quickly with me? We're going to read the Word of God today. If you have your phone or, I mean, your Bible that lights up, Um, go with me quickly to John 4, and if you don't have it, we have it on the Sky Bible or the uh, Light Up Bible here. John chapter 4, we're going to start reading in uh, verse 6. Um, This is a story that God has just tugged in my heart for this whole year. Uh, Personally, it's been a hard year for me where I haven't seen God move, but then I've like just quickly seen God like just do amazing things. So if you guys wanna quickly read it with me, it says that Jacob's well was there and Jesus tried and Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well. It was about noon. I want you guys to kind of tone in with me today. By the well and it was noon when the Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Now verse 10, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have have asked him and he would have given you living water. And she says, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank it from himself as he and his sons and his livestock? If we can keep going. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become into them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, you, uh, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come here to draw water. We can quickly jump to verse 28. Or the verse, yeah. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said, come see a man who told me everything I did. Can this be the Messiah? Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. Verse forty. all right, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. One more verse I want to read to you guys. And it's in verse 42. It says that they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard it for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Can you bow your heads with me tonight? We're going to pray quickly. Thank you, Father God, for this amazing day. You're here. I pray that whoever is discouraged tonight, God, you lift their head. Whoever is sick, God, can leave healed. I pray, Father God, that whoever came to this place empty might leave full of that living water. Father God, I pray that you use me, that Jesus can just be palatable in this moment, can be tangible in this moment. That we can not only believe by what I have said today, but we can believe because you showed up today. We give you all the glory and all the honor, and everybody says amen. You may be seated. For those who don't know me, I wrestle, and I love playing basketball. Uh, Wrestlers and basketball players are one of the funniest people I have ever met. First, because we say things in the most moments, erroneous moments. moments. Um, for example, we do things that are really weird. Wrestlers, to cut weight, we get ice and we crush it up and we eat the little chips that fall off of it. Don't ask me why, we do it. Um, wrestlers, we also, while we are cutting weight, we, do, we say the dumbest things. We try to just play the dumbest sports. We try to just do anything we can to get our minds off of things. We play this game called pull-up bar um, basketball. So, and the funniest thing is that basketball players always scream stuff while they're playing. They can't play quiet. They always have to scream something, like nothing but net. And in reality, like, who says that? Uh, In reality, it's nothing but air because they missed. Um, Or they'll scream, M1. It's like, what do you, what do you, like, okay, one more free throw. That's that's fine. The funniest thing is my friend Ethan. He says the weirdest things at the weirdest moments. One time he was wrestling and he lost. And right off, as he got off the mat and looked at me, he's like, yo, it's the the perfect time for a comeback. And I was like, stop listening to Big Sean. No, I didn't say that. I said, "Uh, what do you mean by that? He's like, it's perfect time for a comeback. And I'm like, dude, you're just trying to forget the fact that you just lost. Like, you just missed the whole point of wrestling and you lost. He's like, no, dude, perfect time for a comeback. Funny story is that in my state tournament, in my fifth and sixth place match, this kid scores on me and I say, perfect time to come back. But the reality of the fact is that we say things to entertain the moment that we're in. And I found out that my biggest struggle as a Christian has been not, you know, enjoying this ride, enjoying Jesus, but it's been entertaining the fact that I'm empty and I need Jesus in certain areas of my life. Uh, the entertaining the fact of my emptiness, you know, entertaining my emptiness, you know, you know why people drink and why people, you know, uh, do drugs and they go party and stuff because in a given moment they, they were empty and they were like a way that I can get away from this emptiness, from this problem and situation is by me partying. What they haven't found out is that after your party, after your hungover, you wait, you kind of realize and you get your cognitive back, you are empty again. What I found out is that my first point is entertaining your emptiness will not do. Encountering Jesus will. We find this this woman that comes to this well. And the reason that I said, hey, guys, remember at noon is because no one got water at noon. Everyone would get water early in the morning because it wasn't that hot. But she would go at noon so no one could see her. Jesus says, where's your husband? She's like, I don't have a husband because she was in a sinful place in her life. So she goes to noon so no one can see her and no one can bother her. So I can imagine her grabbing her bucket or her water jar and saying, you know what? I'm thankful for this water jar. I'm thankful for this very physical thing in my hand that lets me leave the way, leave, leave my city, leave the current situation I'm in, and I get to entertain my emptiness. I get to kind of host it. And I thank this bucket because I get to get away from the people for a while and kind of get my mind off of, of the life that I'm living. What we find out is that Jesus is waiting right there with her. What I love is that is very intentional when he inspires this author to write the Bible. We see an empty water jug and a, and a full well. And then we see an empty woman and a Jesus full of life. We, we also see that, that physical, and this is, I didn't put this point, but I want you guys to really digest this, that physical alternatives will not satisfy spiritual altercations. You know what I mean? Uh, we, well, I don't need a drink because it won't satisfy my soul. I found out the one who created my soul is the same one that can fill it. I, I met a Jesus that I was lost in the world, and he filled me up. I found a Jesus that when I didn't deserve his love, he gave me all of it, you know? Yeah, when even I was born, he thought of me, and then that he is the same God that is able to fill me, that even when I'm going through hell, I can rejoice like I'm in heaven. This God is able to fill us. God doesn't want to fill half of you. He doesn't want you half full. He doesn't want you a little percent full. He wants to literally fill your whole bucket until you overflow. I have this verse in Hebrews. I love it. And it's in the Message Bible. It's a very different translation from the New International Version. But it says, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this high priest with ready access to God, let, not, let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who is out of touch of our reality. I want to stay there real quick. Um, out of reality. I feel that most of the times that we're Christians, we feel that Jesus doesn't know what we went through. You know that he's been in each and every one of our shoes. You know that he's been in our Jordans. He's been in our dress shoes. But more than that, he's been in situations where he's been empty. He's been in situations where he's had a void and a gap between him and God. So he knows exactly what you're going through if you're here tonight. If we keep going, it says um, he's been through weakness and testing, experimented all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. You know when people try to hug us, ah, I don't need it, ah, stop me, ah, don't hug me, ah, I'm not a hugger, I'm not a kisser. Jesus is ready to give you help. He doesn't want to fill just the walk. He wants to fill your whole life. I feel that we just put Jesus in certain areas of our life. We're like, Jesus, I want you, okay, in my finances. I want you in my ministry. But, but in, in, in those moments that of, of affliction, don't, don't be there. Don't be there. Or, or God, I want you to fill me up, you know, in my ministry. I want you to use me in my preaching. But in my past, I don't want to remember it. Don't even talk about it. Don't bring it up. You know what I mean? And when, um, furthermore, what I love is, is new Christians. They're amazing. I love new converts. If you've ever been by a new convert, it makes you want to accept Jesus, like, again. They just want to, like, tell everyone. They're like, hey, I love Jesus. Yeah. Hey, yeah. have you met this man? Like, he's amazing. Like, oh, my God, come to church. Come to NBYA. Oh, you. You know, like, yeah. they want, they're like, I need, I, like, come. Like, this man is amazing. But what I kind of figured out is, like, while you go through Jesus and, like, you know, years of following Jesus and knowing what he does. And I, I've been a Christian all my life. Moments where I slipped, moments where I failed. And you know, I kind of found out, I've come to the conclusion that I've never found Jesus. Jesus found me. You know what I mean? This woman had no intentions of meeting her creator, of meeting the man that can fill her. She went there just to get water, but she met the one that gives water. Like, uh, are you understanding me? She never had intentions. And it brings me up to my second point. He met me in the middle. The, the message title today is In the Middle. Can you tell your neighbor, In the Middle? My God is an expert in being in the middle of things, you know what I mean? Like in the middle of my situation, he's there. So we see this woman, she had no intentions of meeting her Jesus. She had no intentions of coming to this man. And yet, she finds her creator. She finds the man that will love her like nobody else. I am so happy. I didn't need a strategy. I didn't need a master plan. I didn't need a game plan. I didn't need a playbook to find Jesus. I'm glad that even in the middle of my mess, he found me right where I was. Like, he found me in my situation. That when I was through going through sickness, he, he found me. Like, I didn't find him. He found me. And I want to go to Isaiah really quick, 43. When you pass through waters... I will be with you. And when you pass through the, wi- the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Our God is amazing. I need you to understand this. He found us in the middle. I feel that most of our times, like when we fail and we slip, we feel that God is not able to get to us. Like, I need to be Friday or Sunday at church so God can, can find me. But I found out that God can find you in any corner, in any room of your, in your house. He's able to, to find you right in the middle. Have you ever been, are you in the middle of something? Like, are you in the middle of a situation as I'm speaking? Like, when I bring this up, do you remember or, or are reminded of something you're going through? I brought good news today that in the middle of my sickness, in the middle of my pain, I'm heartbroken, but my God can find me right in the middle that I don't need to find him, I don't need to pray for an hour, read my Bible, that he just kind of found me in the very middle of my situation and found me. He found me, he found me. I love this verse. I love this, that he got so intentional. He could have been eating lunch. He could have been eating Chipotle. But he told his disciples, you know what, I'm going I'm to stay here. I'm going to stay here. Go. You guys eat. My food is finding people who are lost. You know what I love about our God? His reputation was pretty bad back then. Within the pastors, the man who eats with sinners. What the heck? The man, the man that heals. What the heck? What is he doing? You're not supposed to do that. It's the Sabbath day. You're supposed to rest. But he came here to find us right in the middle of our situation. And my, this, this is where I kind of want to land, and this is where I want to use most of my time in, in this third point. This woman says he, he I, I'm, I accepted him or I found him because of all he told me. If I read it again real quick, it says, we no longer believe by what you said and all that, but also says that, oh, man, I lost a verse. Where is it at? Have patience with me. He says, come see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? Verse 29, if you can put it up, I don't know if you can put it up. Really quickly, verse 29. I'm going to read it one more time. This is where God was just pulling at my heart, just, just really pulling at my heart. Come meet a man who told me everything I did. I need you to understand this. You know that Jesus, like, called out her sin? You know that Jesus called out all the stuff she did wrong, all the stuff that she wasn't supposed to be doing, but this grace of God was all over her life that she was just like, wow, I don't, he called me out, but, yeah, I feel this love towards him. And it brought me to my third point, grace equals truth, and truth equals grace. I want to kind of develop this. I want to really, like, put it in your brain. I want you to leave with this. Grace equals truth, and truth equals grace. A lot of Christians think that truth and grace are in different ends of the spectrum. So if we preach grace, we're going to preach, come as you are, but, you know, you don't have to change the way you're living. And then truth comes over here and preaches, you have to do this, this, and that in order to f- receive God's favor. Grace is, uh, you know, come to church on Sundays, but you can, you can keep drinking. You can be in that sin. Just, just come, and we want to love you. And then this truth just preaches, like, you don't do this, and you do this, but don't do that, and you're good. You're going to receive God's favor. But what I found out is that Jesus is grace and truth embodied, I'm going to develop this a little bit more, that grace invites you, that come as you are, but the truth of the matter is that our God is so good, he won't leave you the same way you came in. Truth is like, do this, do that, and do this. You know, read your Bible, pray, don't sin, don't fornicate, do this and that, and then you'll receive God's favor. But truth is, we do this because he already did that for us. You know what I mean? I don't read my Bible or pray or just look for God because I need to, to receive his favor. I already received his favor, so I do this to, in order to praise him for what he's done. There's a verse in John that I love, and I love, and I love, and I love, and I'm going to say love one more time. Love. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He 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 told me everything everything exactly everything I did, but yeah, I feel this love towards him that I cannot contain. Our God is able to call out our sin, but he's also able to change us in the midst of us. And I've came to talk to you guys tonight to tell you that if you ever been in a church that's all preached truth, I'm sorry. And if you've been in a church that all they preach is grace, I'm sorry. But I want you to understand. That God is able to change you in the midst of things, and there's signs that follow us, like reading our Bible, following God, loving people, loving Jesus, because he already saved us. And I'm going to read one more verse, and I want you guys to stand up, and the piano player could come up. Danny, where you at? I need to get a Pentecostal in here. (laughs) I want you guys on your feet for a little bit. Um, And while he gets the piano going, I want to read this verse in 2 Corinthians. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Are you weak tonight? Are you stressed out? Are you heartbroken? Do you just want to call it a quits? I have news for you that my God is powerful in your weakness. He told me everything I did. I love how when she received Jesus, she left her bucket. She just threw it down. crazy. She just dropped it. She was like, I don't, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to entertain my emptiness. I don't need to entertain the fact that I'm, you know, broken inside, that I have a void, that there's a a gap between me and God. But you know what? He saved me. He found me in the middle, in the middle of my situation, in the middle of my circumstance. He didn't look at me like a sinner. He looked at me like a loved one. My grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. Paul was a man of God, and he was being tormented by so many things in his life, and he was like, you know what, my God, take this away from me. Take this pain, take this emptiness, take my past away. And he felt the voice of God calling him, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. I came to tell you, are you weak? Are you broken? You're in the perfect position for Jesus. There's positions in wrestling and in basketball that are amazing that you have to score, that you have to capitalize. And our coach would teach us that any time this moment got here, we had to score. We practiced for this moment. I have a message for you today. Jesus didn't have to practice. Jesus didn't have to go through the role. He just already knew how to save you and capitalize in the position you were in. Therefore, I will boast the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. She left her bucket at her well. She left her emptiness at the feet of Jesus. I came to tell you tonight, are you ready? Are you ready to give your emptiness away, to give your emptiness, your void, your broken heart? They hurt my feelings, but I'll give it to you, Jesus. I trade my empty bucket for your living water. I don't know if you guys can worship. Just understand that. Are you in a situation? Did you flip? Did you mess up? Are you tripping in life? Are you addicted? I came to tell you that boast in your weakness. God will change it, I promise. But boast that Christ already delivered himself on the cross for us. And as you guys you guys can start singing I'm gonna do my calling in a little bit June 2015 a young boy loving life loving amazing things but empty inside he didn't have an identity he didn't know where to find himself he breaks his elbow and goes to a youth camp and in the midst of the youth camp his intentions were never to find Jesus He went to play basketball with his cousins. And while sitting in one of those pews like you guys are doing, he fell asleep during the service. He didn't have any intention to meet Jesus, but then while the man was doing his calling, he felt like something in his heart, like blood rushing down in places where it never rushed down, an emptiness that just started to fill up, a void gap that was met and while he's doing his calling his heart is about to come out of his chest and he's like do you want to receive Jesus tonight do you want God to fill you up do you want God to be the number one and this kid is like what my heart is about to come up I gotta meet this Jesus and he runs up to the altar he's like God I need you I need you to work in my family I need identity I don't want to go to sleep crying no more I need you and this boy stands in front of you today, never had an intention to meet Jesus, but Jesus met me in the middle of my situation. So if you can close your eyes today and bow your heads. Are you broken? Are you weak? Do you have feelings that are hurt? I came to tell you tonight, you're in the perfect position for Jesus to capitalize. He holds your earth together. Close your eyes and bow your heads. It's not for me. It's for respect of others. I'm going to do my calling. If you today decide to give your bucket to Jesus, you you give your bucket to the well. You give it to the man who died for you, who resurrected, and who's coming back again. They say, I need this Jesus. I feel my heart coming out. I need him to forget my past. I need someone. In the count of three, I want you to lift your hands up to accept jesus if you want to fill that bucket tonight you guys can keep singing one jesus doesn't want you to to entertain your emptiness he wants to fill it tonight two are you in the middle of something are you in the middle of a situation you're in the perfect position for jesus and three if you want to give your bucket if you want to give your bucket for jesus i need you jesus lift your hand up I would like to pray for you. If you lift up your hand, I'm just gonna pray here to make it short and simple. You guys can keep singing, God, we thank you. That you're not a God that's far-fledged, you're not a God that's a God that is far-flung, that you're not unapproachable, you're not unresponsive, you're not unsociable. That you are a God that's friendly. You are a Jesus that's there. You are a Jesus that loves us. A Jesus that never will forsake us. That now, Father God, when we leave this building and we tell our friends, that they won't believe by what we said, but they will believe by who you are. We worship you. I I want you to grab the hand next to the person you're next to. I cannot leave this place without praying. I've been a story i've been part of this new birth experience and i want to bless this place and i want jesus to find you right where you're at that if you have parts that jesus is there but other parts that he's not we're gonna pray that god fills them up so god we thank you that you are close that you are here that jesus you're not far and you're not out of touch of our reality but you are you are here I pray, Father God, for every individual that is sitting at their seat. I pray wherever, Father God, they're empty and they need you, Jesus, I pray. I pray, God, that you will find them in the middle of it. Are they going through a situation, God? It's the perfect position for you to capitalize. God, we give you the glory. We're gonna keep shouting Jesus till we die. We're gonna live and love and lead like Jesus did. And that other people can just give their buckets to Jesus and say, Jesus, here I am. I am here to serve. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We need you, Jesus. We need you to work. We need you to flow. We need you not to be far, but we need you to be close. We need you, Jesus.